0: listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current, and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here, and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have Daniel Mateo joining us in the studio. Welcome, Daniel. G'day, Jason. Good to see you again, mate. Now, not only do we have you in the studio, we have another person in the studio. That is Carmelina. Welcome, Carmelina.
1: Thank you, Jason. It's lovely to be here.
0: We will uh, be having you just uh, as a guest today, and uh, we hope that um, you enjoy the program.
1: Thank you. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Awesome. Daniel, um, tell us uh, something interesting that you got up to over the weekend.
2: Hmm. Over the weekend. did a fair bit of travel over the weekend, Jason. Yeah, so... um my uh, my good friend, Pastor Darren Pratt, uh, came down here to Tassie, and uh, we went on a little bit of a tour around the state, uh, training people that are involved in children's ministry uh, and how to how to do that better, and inspiring them to do better at that. So I was really appreciative for his visit, and I would say the culmination of the day was. Uh, on a Saturday up, uh, afternoon up in Burnie, we had a bu- uh, he ran a balloon twisting class for some of our kids and so taught them how to make balloon animals, and they had a great time doing that. So it was a really wonderful weekend. Very, very special indeed.
0: Did he get down to Hobart as well?
2: He did. He was yeah. down here on Thursday night, uh, at Launceston on Friday night, and then we were in Devonport on Saturday morning and then Burnie on Saturday afternoon. And then uh, I, I flew him out of Launceston Airport, so from, away from... Uh, uh, northwest back to L- Launceston on the Sunday, we stopped at uh, some different touristy areas like uh, Anvers and um, uh, where else? You know, the the Cheese Factory. I forget the place, but
0: yeah. Do you, do you know yeah. the Anvers uh, place, Carmelina?
1: Um, I the ch- know. Ch- the, chocolate think. the Chocolate Factory.
0: factory. Yeah. Near uh, Devonport.
1: I think I've been there once. It's, yeah...
0: It's uh, it's a great place. Um, lo- lots of people go there. There's a there's a bit of a trip that uh, when you're travelling from northwest down to Hobart, um, my wife loves to visit a number of places on the way. That's the chocolate factory, the um, Christmas Hills Raspberry Farm.
2: Yep, we, w- and, we went there too. Uh, the,
0: yeah. the, the cheese place on the way as yes, well. Yes, yes, yeah. we
2: went there. And and you know what we also did that I've never done before is we went to the truffle farm.
3: Ah, okay. Yeah,
2: and I'd never ever tried truffle before, and uh, and I got sucked in I, well not sucked in I, <laughs> I, bought, I bought a little bit of truffle vinegar and truffle oil for my bruschetta because at my house we love to make uh, bruschetta and uh, so yeah I've been eating that ever since and it's very 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 sh- uh, like strong but really tasty yeah. try. Yeah, interesting
0: mm. Now, uh, Daniel, last time we spoke last week, last Wednesday, we talked about the topic of the touch. Do you want to Mm. just give us a brief recap of what that was about?
2: No, absolutely. You know, we we talked about the fact that each one of us as human beings have a deep desire that our hearts be be touched by another. You know, we have a desire for relationship. And I suggested that that actually derives from our Creator, who is in himself relationship. We talked about the idea of uh, God is love, God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that God God is a uh, relationship in, uh, within himself. So um, as a result of that, each one of us uh, have a desire for relationship. So we're really talking about the personality, the character of God, the love of God, and and who God is, what God is. Yeah, that's what that was our discussion last week.
0: And, of course, you can go back and have a listen to those past episodes on the Faith FM app. That's Faith, Faith FM Australia. You can download that from the Apple or the Google app stores. And you can also listen on the Faith FM website. And that's faithfm.com.au. You know, we quite, into, uh, quite often get people asking, uh, they text in and they say, oh, how can I get hold of this uh, this episode? I want to listen to it again because perhaps they didn't hear it all clearly or something. And uh, it's very easy to do. Visit the website or download the app, and uh, all of our programs are on there. And believe it or not, they're also on the podcasting area of the Apple um, Podcasts and other podcasting platforms. So,
2: Actually, when you when you said that last week, I went back and had a listen. I found us on there. We are. We're on the podcasting uh, yeah, podcast yeah, it's pretty cool. So all yeah. of
0: our programs go through there. So hmm. now today we have our show number zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. If you're the first, if you're listening for the first time write that number down, zero four eight 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 zero eight nine one. That's a mobile number that you can text us in, and we're going to have a free book offer. We're going to ask some questions. And this is a live program, and we'd love to hear from you today. So perhaps even just text us in, where are you listening from today? And uh, we'd love to hear from you. We've got some questions for you later on in the program. What have you got for us today, Daniel?
2: Well, today we're going to talk about, well, the subject is called The Healed. But uh, really, what we're talking about is the nature of man, you know. So, uh, yeah, excited to get into that subject today. Yeah,
0: awesome. Well, let's uh, let's let's start.
2: Would you like to pray for us?
0: Sure thing. Thanks, Dear Heavenly Father. We thank you for this day, and we thank you for the opportunity to come to you. And uh, as we open your Word today, we ask that the Holy Spirit is with us, that the. Uh, The true understanding of the passages that we're going to read is revealed to us as we open your word in your name. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen. Hey, uh, when I was about, uh, uh, let me see now, I must have been 13 or 14 years old. Uh, A friend of mine uh, was going to uh, Taekwondo lessons. This is when we lived in Toowoomba in South Queensland. So this is in the, the mid 90s. And I decided that I was going to go along with him because I wanted to learn uh, that martial art. And so I did that for five years from uh, the time I was in grade eight all the way through to grade 12 and uh, earned, a, earned my black belt. And uh, it, one of the things I liked about Taekwondo is there was a fair bit of like acrobatic kind of uh, high kicks and things like that. You know, the stuff that uh, was in a lot of the movies <laughs> at the time, you know, mm. so I wanted to look pretty cool. And I, I did a lot of that stuff. And uh, it was a little bit of a passion of mine. Uh, I stopped doing it when I joined the army, and then uh, and just sort of forgot about it. And right up until uh, when I was at college, let me see, it must have been in two thousand and ten, I think. Yeah, that's about right. And you know, I thought now, about when,
0: it when you're saying college.
2: Oh, I mean Bible College. Yeah, Bible yeah, College. A, yeah, yeah, that's your doing in, my theology a, degree. A, yeah. That's a university yeah. type
0: uh, training. Yeah, that's yeah. right.
2: So as it, uh, well, it's now called Avondale, Avondale University. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I was was sitting in in class and our class ended and I had a free period and then another class, different teacher in the same room. So I decided to just stay in that room and uh, and there was no one there for the free period and I worked on my assignment alone in the classroom. While I was sitting there, I got a little bit bored and I got up and I began to stretch and I thought, you know what, I remember when I was a kid, I used to do that kick where I ran up the wall, I catapulted myself off the wall into a mid-air spin kick and then landed on both feet on the ground. I, thought, I wonder if I can still do that, <laughs> you know. And uh, and I thought I can do that, yeah, for sure. And so I, uh, I I did it. You know, it was good solid walls. You know, so I ran at the wall, jumped off it, did you executed land it? <laughs> a mid-air f- f- kick, and you know, a big spin kick, whack. You know, and then I thought, wow, I did it. Awesome. You landed on your feet. Mm. But I used to be able to do it higher.
0: Right. <laughs> right? So,
2: uh, probably three or four times I tried. On the last time, I really, really wanted to, to get some height, you know, and I put everything in it. Unfortunately, I landed just a little too early. And so, my left leg landed while my, the rest of my body was still in mid mid-spin. And as a result, my knee twisted. And uh, it twisted all the way around. I snapped my ACL or my anterior oh. cruciate ligament. Oh, my I tore open my, menis- my meniscus, uh, which is a little uh, shock absorber inside your knee that stops the bones from r- rubbing together. And, uh, and I was on the ground. And then uh, just after that, well, all of my classmates came in for the next class, and I was lying on the ground in agony, and I couldn't move, and I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> And uh, it was a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty sort of humorous situation. Required a surgery to fix and so forth. Mm. The twisting and the brokenness that happened. One of the things that people wonder sometimes when they look around. The world is what's going on here what's going on with humanity all of us really we know inside ourselves um that there's a situation that isn't right when mm. we look at wars and so forth overseas we, we we all know that war is stupid and you know we people shouldn't be killing each other every single human being on the planet knows that and yet we continue to do it
0: mm. Right continues to happen
2: and so isn't that strange you know there's it's almost as if there is there is this ideal Uh, that we are subconsciously aware of, but we are all inside twisted and broken and somehow unable to achieve it. And uh, some people place this at the feet of God and they say, well, this is all God's fault. Look at this world that he's created. It's all messed up. People are so messed up. But one of the things that the Bible teaches is that this world as we see it today is not the way that God originally intended. Mm. It wasn't his original will uh, for us to be fighting and killing each other and hurting one another the way that we do. We have got twisted up and broken up And we need a healer, just Mm. like I needed that surgeon to go in there. And what he actually did is he went uh, into the back of my thigh and he took out uh, one of my hamstrings (laughs) and he threaded it through my knee and he he repaired my knee, and uh, he was great. Uh, So um, answered a prayer, actually.
0: Mm.
2: So, uh, yeah, so we need a healer just like I needed that surgeon.
0: Many people, um, I guess, lose faith in God or I guess they get angry at God because they... <clears throat> they believe that um all the problems in the world could be solved if if god would only intervene but uh we we believe that uh, there's another power in this world that isn't god and that's uh, obviously the the fundamental cause of all of this suffering.
2: Well, ultimately it is, and we're <laughs> going to talk about that a little bit more. Uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks, we'll we'll allude to that a little more. But uh, at least today, how is it that, that this world, uh, the the world that we live in, got messed up the way that it is? Mm. Well, that's uh, that's what we really want to talk about today.
0: We'd love to hear from you today and we've got a question for you. We'd love to have you text us in your answer to this question which says, When you look around the world, what is the biggest hurt, brokenness or injustice that you see? Text us in on 488 What's the biggest hurt, brokenness or injustice that you see in the world around you today? This is Hope of the Broken World by Cela.
4: Beginning into the darkness, the spirits moving upon the waters, you spoke the words, let there be light out of the chaos came the promise, the universe rose and applauded when you commanded the newborn sun to rise. You are the day spring. You are the morning star. Creation's splendor speaks of who you are. You are salvation. You are the joy of the earth. Restoration comes, hope of the broken world. Into my weakness, into my darkness, your spirit's moving upon my heart and you speak the words, let there be light. Into my chaos comes your promise, the new is rising, the old is passed on, you are reviving and making all things right. You are the day's spring. You are the morning star. Creation's splendor speaks of who you are. You are salvation. You are the joy of the earth. Restoration comes, hope of the broken world. The glory You are the morning star, creation splendor speaks of who you are, you are salvation, you are the joy of the earth, restoration comes, hope of the broken world, restoration comes, hope of the broken Into my weakness, into my darkness, your spirit's moving upon my heart, and you speak the words, let there be light.
0: You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with Daniel Mateo and our program today is titled The Healed and we've been talking about some of the injustice and problems and brokenness of the world. We're going to get into that in a little bit more detail and I guess dig into some of the cause of that or how how that happened originally. And uh, we've got Carmelina here. Carmelina, what would you say when you look around the world do you see as the biggest hurt, brokenness, or injustice?
1: I guess for me, when I look around the world, it's mostly um, when you can see the consequences of other people's greed yeah. and um, and how like they're so ruthless to get what what it is they're trying to get for their own, you know, for their own power and um, or you know their own goals, but they're just not considering how that affects. Other people. Other people yeah. yeah, And, you know, the world around them, it can be quite sad.
0: It, it's sort see. of like a, an approved version of slavery in a way, isn't it?
1: Almost, yeah. Mm.
0: Daniel, uh, we're going to get into some Bible uh, study now, and uh, let's get going, hey?
2: Absolutely. Well, we talked about in our last section that we all have within ourselves a sense that something is fundamentally wrong with the world. We all have in ourselves a sense of what's right, and, and yet. Can't seem to quite measure up in our own behaviour and also in a world stage, uh, in terms of what's right. And, and we do sometimes blame God for that. God, why did you create us like this? Why did you create the world like this? And uh, what we find out in uh, Genesis chapter two, verse nineteen to 25, that actually this wasn't the situation that God created. Would you like to read that for us, please?
0: Yeah, it says, Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them, and whatever the man called each living creature, that's what its name was. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. for she was taken out of man that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh adam and his
2: wife were both naked and they felt no shame okay some some things to notice here about this chapter the first of all is that when uh, when all the living things including you and i came from the hand of god it was without any kind of fault or error it was with it, without the the pain and the suffering that uh, that we understand as we look around the world today this is god's plan the second thing that i notice here is that there isn't this uh, continual striving for for authority amongst one another here. There's, uh, God creates a man and a woman, and He creates them equal. One writer has put it this way: um, God didn't make woman out of Adam's rib. Uh, well, sorry, He didn't make her out of his foot, uh, so that uh, he would rule over her as a master, and, uh, and He didn't take uh, He didn't take her out of his head, you know, so that uh, she would rule over him, but rather. Uh, he took her from his rib that he might stand; she might stand beside him as an equal. I didn't quote that right, but anyway, that you got the idea. Mm. And uh, so, there's this equality in human relationships. that's really important there. There's not the the striving for mastery uh, that is so common in this world today been between, you know, different well genders, you know, different ethnic groups, whatever it is, um, you know, different uh, cliques or whatever. And also, there's this oneness within humanity. This is bone of my bones, this is flesh of my flesh. How could we ever imagine, you know, taking the life of somebody who is my own bone and my own flesh? There mm. is this, you know, unity, this, uh, you know, this uh, fraternity between humanity here. And uh, and last of all, uh, we have a no shame. So, right at the end, it says they were both naked and yet they felt no shame. There is not the the heavy burden of guilt and shame that that humanity bears as a result of the the evil that we've committed in this world, and so this is the situation that God originally created. This is the situation He originally intended. Unfortunately, it's not the situation that continued indefinitely. Would you like to read for me, please, Genesis chapter three, and verse
0: one? Yeah, it says, "Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made." He said to the woman, "Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden?"
2: Okay. Excellent. Thanks for reading that. Now, the first thing we notice here, of course, is that there's a talking serpent. Now, um, (laughs) That's a bit um, unusual. (laughs) It is. It definitely is. But uh, it's actually not that unusual when we realize that this isn't actually the first Bible book that was written. Moses wrote Genesis 2. Okay. even though it, it's first uh, chronologically in terms of the, you know, the chronology of scripture um, it was uh, the first book to be physically written down It was actually the book of Job right so that's the oldest story interesting and uh, I believe I've got a theory that uh, Moses got the story from his father-in-law mm-hmm. uh, because uh, job seems to be from the same region as, uh, as that and uh, and that was passed down and in the story of Job we have introduced this individual called Satan that mm. is uh, you know seems to be at war. Uh, With the God of Heaven And so uh, with familiarity with the book of Job I think that the first readers of Genesis would have known uh, This serpent was not just a normal serpent
0: now, now, just because it wasn't the first book, though, it is chrono- chronologically the first because it says right at the beginning, in the beginning, God created. So, oh,
2: absolutely. Yeah. The, the story of Job happened a long time after this. Yes. But it was the first story written down. Does that make sense? Yes,
0: yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, of course. And so, uh, and so that, that's the situation. And in fact, Revelation 12 makes it clear that, you know, that old serpent called the devil and Satan. So we know, we know who this was. Mm. But look at the, what he says to the woman. He says, did God really say... You must not eat from any tree in the garden. Mm. Now, there's a couple of things that we can notice there. The first is that God didn't say that. <laughs> it wasn't what God said. But the way that it was asked, it made it sort of makes you unsure of what God says. Mm. It sounds like what God says, but it's not quite it, and it makes you unsure of it. And it, it contains some assumptions in there in the statement. The idea is that God doesn't really want what's best for you. God's got his own motivations that are contrary to your best good. And all of that is inherent in the question. And so when Satan is doing this, he's using a fair bit of craftiness. And you know people still do that today. We have to be careful of that. But sometimes, when someone's asking a question about what God said, we have to make sure uh, that uh, we're really checking that that is what God said. Because hmm. quite often, people attack God's word on the basis of a misunderstanding of it, not on the basis of its actual, you know, its actual content.
0: Yeah, I, there's one that's often misquoted um, that comes out of the Bible that, that people often say, "Oh, money is the root of all evil." There you go. But uh, it doesn't say that. It says mm. the love of money is the root of all evil. So, yeah.
2: Mm. Or a root of all kinds of evil. Yeah, all kinds of evil. Yeah, yeah, that. that's right. Um, so, there we go. So, that's, that's what's happening there. And uh, and so, the woman is responding uh, to this uh, to this attack by by Satan or by the enemy here. Mm. And she responds in verse 2. And she, the woman says to the serpent, We may eat the fruit from the trees of the garden. But God did say, You must not eat the fruit that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. Now, straight away, she makes a couple of mistakes here. The first one is that she spends time in conversation with the enemy, and mm. that's never a good idea. Mm. You know, we can, uh, we can talk to God, we don't have to talk to the enemy. There, there are actually a, a number of Christians today that sort of feel that the only way to get rid of the influence of our great enemy in our life is to spend a lot of time, you know, rebuking him and, and casting him out and so forth. One of the things I love about Jesus is that he's always available. Um, the psalmist said, The God of Israel... Uh, he ne- neither slumbers nor sleeps,
1: mm. you
2: know, and so he's always sitting on the throne waiting to hear us pray, and we can talk to him and ask him to take care of the enemy. So she enters into this conversation. That's the first mistake. Uh, the second one is, and, uh, you know, she's trying, she actually comes to God's defense. Uh, in. But the second mistake that she does is that in trying to defend God, she actually adds to the word of God. Because when you read back in chapter 2, God says, you must not eat any of the tr- from the tree that's in the middle of the garden, and she adds to the word of God and says, mm. "And you must not touch it." Mm. Now it's never a good idea to add to the word of God, neither to add nor to take away, uh, because he would go on to use use that line of reasoning. Mm. You know, well after all, I'm touching it; mm. nothing's happening to me. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there you go. So there's a, there's a sense in which we have to be very, very careful to add our own ideas and our own teachings to what God has said. Mm. Can you, would you like to read? Oh, sorry, did you want to say something?
0: Yeah, no, no, I was just going to say, should we go on?
2: Yeah, yeah, can you read verse 4 and 5 for us, please? Yeah,
0: it says, You will not certainly die, this is what the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good from our good and evil.
2: Mm. Okay, so we've got now a, a direct contradiction of God's word that uh, the serpent has come to now. You will not certainly... You know, it's funny. He almost says, you know, you're going to die, but not certainly. <laughs> and still today, there's many, many people that, uh, that have that view uh, that, uh, that when people die, well, they're still sort of floating around somewhere. Okay? Mm. So the serpent said to the woman, it says, but, but God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. You know, there's so much that the enemy offers to people today, and this is the promise, you know. If you keep hanging around in that dusty old church, you know, you're going to be blind. You're going to just be like a sheep. You're going to be like everyone else. But if you do what I'm offering, then your eyes are going to be open, and you'll really understand what's going on. This is really what the enemy does. This is what um, people say often when they're trying to get you to get on drugs. <laughs> mm. You know, you, you know, you'll understand things that you won't understand. You know, all of those sorts of lines of reasonings. There's this, there's a sense that God's trying to keep something good from you, and if only you'll disobey Him, then you'll understand how. How wonderful life can be. Uh, when I was a young man, I remember getting uh, getting tempted uh, by some friends to, uh, to go and spend time at some sort of certain types of parties and nightclubs and things. I thought, man, look at all the bright lights, look at all the attractive costumes and everything as I was walking down the street. I was really enraptured by the by the visuals of it all. It really seemed like I'd been missing out on something my whole life. It was only after a few months in that, uh, or a few years in that situation that I realised uh, how damaging it can be. Um, and so, yeah. We're
0: going to go to a break. And uh, the question we asked you before, when you look around the world, what is the biggest hurt, brokenness or injustice that you see? We'd love to hear from you. Text us in on 488 Double eight zero eight nine one. This is Rebel Heart by Lauren Daigle.
3: Lord, I offer up this rebel heart, so stubborn and so restless from the start. I don't want. Take this rebel heart and make it yours Father, I no longer want to run You've broken my resistance with your love And drowned it underneath the crimson spill So bend this rebel heart into your will I give it up
1: This
0: program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with Daniel Mateo on, the, on, on our series Facets of Faith. And today our topic is called The Healed. We've been looking at the ancient story in the Garden of Eden where there was a servant who was talking to Eve, which was an unusual thing. But uh, was convincing Eve that she was missing out on something by sticking to God's instruction, by following what he had said, which was to not touch or eat the um, not eat from the tree in mm. the middle of the garden. Yep. And uh, that certainly is relevant to us today, because there's all sorts of things that uh, the world promises us that we should partake in, but uh, God knows best.
2: Uh-huh. Absolutely. Now, this next little section of uh, of Genesis chapter 3 is really interesting because it's been, I would say, historically, you know, we talked before about sometimes Satan misrepresents what the Bible says and then uses that as a basis to, to attack the faith. And yet when you go back and study it, it's not really what it said in the first place. So one, I don't know if you've ever heard of this before. There's this idea in Christianity and also an idea about Christianity that it teaches that... that uh, Men uh, or women ought to be subservient to men because it's woman's responsibility that we're in this mess in the first place. She's the one that took the fruit. You ever heard that before? Yeah. Okay, I want you to read verse 6 and 7 of chapter 3 for me, please.
0: It says, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then, bo- then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves.
2: So, aha, aha, 2,000 years of Christian commentators have said mm. it's all woman's fault. What do you think about that, Carmelina? Oh, that w- I'm
1: not happy about it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but the husband was there right next to he her, it, right says he. There. Says
0: he was there with her.
2: Mm. Yeah. well look let, let me help you to notice something Really, sometimes sometimes we read something our whole life but we read it through the eyes of what's been presented to us and just have a look at this it says who was with her and he ate it and then the eyes of both of them were opened mm. can you see that this what we this this tragic moment and we really have to get the tra- the tragic um, uh, let's say idea of this. This really is a horrible moment, and this is the moment when shame emerges, when guilt emerges, when there's this um, this sense of, uh, of a breakdown in relationship between God and people, between people and people, between people and, and creation. Mm. It is uh, it is a really horrible moment there between verse 6 and 7. But notice that this horrible moment only happens after he eats it. Mm. Can you see that? Mm. That in actual fact, when we go to the writings of Paul, he lays responsibility uh, for this,
0: at, on, on, on Adam. man, mm.
2: just as through one man sin came to the through the world and, and death through sin. So why what, why is what's the difference? Isn't she the one that conversed? Isn't she the one that took it? Isn't it her fault? In fact, Augustine, you know, famously declared, "Woman, you are the gateway to hell because of this." <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, and uh, and there been, but no, what what why what, what's going on here? Look, what's happened here is she has been deceived. Mm. He knows exactly what's going on. Mm. Adam, you're saying. Yeah, that's yeah. right. She, she has been deceived by the serpent. She's been outthought thought and, and tricked. He, I don't know, for whatever reason, maybe isn't party to, party to the first part of the conversation or didn't go on the same journey and has come up and knows exactly what's going on. And he chooses of his own free will to engage in this. And it is not the same in the sight of God when we are deceived as when we go into something willfully and knowingly.
3: Mm. Mm.
0: Interesting, Yeah. And then, of course, immediately they were, um, uh, they felt shame and felt naked.
2: Well, as a result of what we call this iniquity, this decision uh, to, uh, to turn their backs on God's instruction, it said the eyes of both of them are opened and they realize they're naked.
0: So this is where the serpent wasn't, um, he, he was partly lying, not entirely lying, because now, of course, they did understand a bit about good and evil.
2: Well, um, he was lying, uh, but uh, you know, you and I, I'm, I'm sure, have all had the experience of doing things that we've been advised not to do, and we gained knowledge from that mm. in the sense we know what it's like to be hurt, we know what it's like to destroy ourselves, but it's knowledge that we wish we never gained. It's,
0: isn't it interesting how we as humans seem to want to um, experience it for ourselves, rather than taking the advice of somebody else.
2: It's part of our brokenness, isn't it? <laughs> it is. But look at this. Look what they do here, and this is what we do too. They sewed fig leaves together and they made coverings for ourselves. That's what we try and do. We try and cover up once we've done something wrong, yeah. instead of trying to make it right. We cover up
0: often, often through uh, further lies.
2: Mm. Mm. Would you like to read verse eight and nine for us, please, of Genesis three, just uh, as we move on?
0: It says, "Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord, uh, so, sound of the Lord God, as he was walking in the garden." In the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, "Where are you?"
2: Really, really interesting moment. So, this is another effect of when we turn our backs on God, when we disobey God, is that it creates a fear of God. There's a fear of being exposed to His presence, and uh, this is what happens as a result of that. What and. Look at this. They don't go to Him for forgiveness. They don't go looking for Him. They Mm. seek to run away from Him. Mm. He goes seeking after them. And we discover the sort of God that we've got here when He starts to pursue them through the garden and begins to call for them, not because He doesn't know where they are, but but really as a call to give them an opportunity to respond. And that's what our God still does today. He still comes down into our lives and He still calls.
0: It's interesting that uh, of course God would have known exactly where they were but uh, he was still calling out to them.
2: He's omniscient. We talked about that last time. Mm. Yeah, but it, and that's that's it he calls. And so would you like to read verse 10 to 13 for us, please?
0: Yeah, he answered, "I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid." And he said, "Who told you that you were naked?" Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from?
2: I'll stop you there. Sorry, just say that it, isn't that interesting? This fear and this running away, this um, this shame mm. that happens before the God of Heaven when we turn our backs on God, and and then look at this. And the man. Uh, yeah, sorry, sorry, go on.
0: And the man said, "The woman you put here, me. Sorry, the woman you put here with me. She gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it." Then the Lord God said to the woman, "What is this you have done?" The woman said, "The serpent deceived me, and I ate."
2: Now this is hilarious, actually, because first of all, God asks, "Have you eaten from the tree?" It sort of sounds like a, a mum asking their child, you know, yeah. "Did you eat that cookie? I told you not to eat." Yeah. You know, he already knows that he ate it. You know, mm. it's it's mm. this this questioning from God is more of an opportunity to give the, the give these human beings the ability to come to him and to admit what's happened and to try to make things right. But what do we do as human beings? Exactly what our first parents did. We try and blame other people. We try to make excuses. It's not my fault. It's her fault. It's the woman. It's the, well it wasn't the woman but it was you put her here it's your fault and that's what we do too we we blame god you know oh well i'm well.
0: i'm intrigued cuz i know uh, carmelina has a twin sister and i'm i'm wondering carmelina was there ever a point in time in your life where you got into trouble and and uh, you tried to pass it off or or the other way around or did you oh. always own up to your uh, wrongdoings? I was
1: someone who couldn 't handle the pressure of lying okay I was that kid. I lied once, and I never did it again because I just I got so scared of like those consequences. Oh. so yeah, no, if I did something wrong, I was the one walking up to mum crying like it was me
3: <laughs> very <laughs> I good <did>
1: it <laughs>
0: Very good, but it 's so yeah. often isn 't it that we want to pass the buck to oh someone yeah. else. We want to blame somebody well, we else. We want
2: to blame God, and you know, and so uh, you know, the man points at the woman. The woman points at the serpent. You know, it's the serpent's fault, or the serpent you made, by the way. If, yeah. you, didn't, if you didn't make the serpent, and and we still do that, you know, we still do that. And God, you know, why did you let this happen to me? You know, that is what what happens here.
0: And that that's even still a question that gets debated in. Mm. Um, philosophical you know, circles. Well, if God made the angels and he, he made Lucifer, Satan, the devil, then didn't God create evil?
2: And we are, are going to talk about that in the next couple mm. of weeks. Yeah,
0: We won't get into it now.
2: Would, would you like to very quickly read for me verse 14 and 15? That'd it says, okay.
0: So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers he will crush your head and you will strike his heel
2: now verse 15 i will put enmity between you and the woman this is the very very first case of what what we call bible prophecy where god makes a prediction and we're going to talk about that more after the break
0: mm. we've got a book offer today and it's called the great hope This is a condensed version of the bigger book, The Great Controversy. And, you know, as you look at the world around you, do you sense a battle between good and evil? You know, it's the theme of most uh, movies, isn't it, that there's this battle between good and evil going on. Are you alarmed by the multiplying of natural disasters? Do you wonder how God, how a God of love can allow so much suffering? What really happens after you die? These are some big questions that this book can help you answer. So uh, tune in after the song and uh, we'll give you the code for this book giveaway. This is a beautiful song by Anna Laura called If You Ever Fall.
3: You say that you've had enough You've given up on love You think that you'll never trust Well, I can see That your heart's been broken Too many times It was not wrong Now it's locked up so tight And you're standing strong Be going through is hard to take when love seems so.
0: you ever fall. It's uh, so nice to know that um, we've got God who we can uh, go to if we ever fall. And uh, before the break, we talked about our free book offer today. It's called The Great Hope. It's a condensed version of The Great Controversy. We've got uh, plenty of copies to give away today. So text in this code, FACET4, F-A-C-E-T, and the number 4, no spaces. Text that in to 488 880 Daniel, uh, during the break we had a, a message come in from Margie, and she says, I wonder what God would have done to Adam and Eve if Adam had not eaten some of the fruit. Would God have punished just Eve and left Adam in the garden, or What?
2: Well, look, I don't think that it's a good idea for us to speculate on what God may or may not have done in any particular situation And authoritatively. I think it's okay for us to speculate um, in our own opinion. But uh, I can't say authoritatively that I know. But I, I think that the text gives us some clues. The first thing is that, remember, they didn't lose their position until he'd eaten, that mm. w- that willful sin of choosing to disobey God, mm. uh, that they didn't lose their position until that happened. And it was... and. Oh well, I should say they—they they, they didn't lose their—they posi- hadn't lost their position yet. They, they didn't feel the shame until that happened. Mm. They didn't have the sense of guilt and awareness that something bad had happened until he did that. Um, I also think that um, yeah, so I don't—I don't think they were—they were past the point of of coming back. I don't—I think that um, Eve was because was, it
0: was a, a, a deception from the serpent, and it. and perhaps at that point she. Uh, was still um, in a position to be
2: Huh. I guess. Well, um Peter puts it this way, he says the time of ignorance God winked at it. You mm. know, that God doesn't count against us what we're ignorant of. Mm. You know, and that's why, you know, Jesus says of believers that study scripture to whom much is given, much is required. Mm. You know, we are more accountable before God because of these things that we understand than those that have never heard the name of Christ. Mm. Um and God doesn't judge us the same way. And I yeah, I, I don't think it was I don't think that they were past being restored to Um, to the situation, if if Adam had made the right choice. But, uh, you know, we'll find out. We can ask God directly when we get to the kingdom. I'm happy to be proved wrong.
0: Now, before the break, we just read this verse that said, I will put enmity, I struggle with that word, Uh enmity, between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. And you said Uh this is a prophetic verse. It is. Do you know what enmity means? It means... um, Antagonism,
2: it means,
0: you know... Battle, war, controversy. Controversy. Yeah, Yeah,
2: you got it. So, there's going to be a a war. There's going to be a battle now. And and this prophecy is made by God to Satan. The first ever Bible prophecy is directed at Satan himself. Mm. And he is the recipient. And it says, I will put warfare or enmity or controversy between you, Satan, Mm -hmm. and the woman. And between your offspring, the people that may make a decision to follow in your kingdom and her offspring, the people that are going to follow my kingdom, in other words, and then it goes on and it zeroes right down and it says, he will crush your head. One of the descendants of the woman will crush your head and you will strike his heel. What we have here is a case of what we as Christians call messianic prophecy. This is the first ever prediction that someone special is going to be born, a descendant of the woman who is going to rise up. And even though he's going to be uh, mortally wounded, how uh, he is through that death is going to crush the work and the kingdom of Satan forever and that takes us all the way to the cross this is a prediction uh, of, of Jesus death and resurrection you know and so yeah
0: there's there's a thought in my head and I don't know whether it's relevant or not but it says here uh, uh, en- enmity between you and the woman and then the offspring and, and of course later in the Bible we know that the word woman refers to God's church God's mm-hmm. people
2: absolutely mm. um, you know and when you get to Revelation 12 that there's the same battle going on between a woman and uh, and a, the dragon, and mm. the woman has offspring and mm. so forth. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's a reference to this.
0: We've got a few more verses to cover, so we better get into it. Uh,
2: absolutely. Look, um, there's there's a little bit that we're actually going to jump over, and that is the curse, because just for the sake of brevity. But I'll I'll just say this: that the the curse is something that's been. Um, it's been used a lot of times to justify uh, like mistreatment of ladies and, and so forth uh, down through the history of uh, you know the church and critics of the church. I will say that the curse in verse 16 to 19 is not a, um, it is not a, a imperative from God. It is a prophecy as well. Mm. It is a part of the prophecy. It's not saying this is the way that things have to be. It's saying this is the way things will be. As a result of sin. Yeah. So when it when it says, for example, you know, um, I'll cause uh, you know you to give birth in, with and pain. pain. Yeah. Um, that, that there were some early commentators that claimed that uh, well that means that women shouldn't be allowed to have any kind of um, you know pain relief because God said that they have to feel the pain. You know. No, no, no. This is a prophecy. This will be a consequence of what you've done here. It's not a uh, imperative. This isn't the way that it has to be. Mm. And particularly when it says. Um, uh, that uh, that uh, your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. That's been an accurate prophecy. When we look back through the history of hu- of humanity, there's there's been this battle between the genders, and um, and a lot of mistreatment mistreatment of women. Of women so absolutely, that,
0: that's not saying that God condoned that.
2: No, no, it was predicting it. He wasn't authorizing it. Mm. You know, and that's important for us to to, to delineate. Uh, it's not part. God's original will was that she stand beside him as an equal. That equality between the between the genders was God's original plan. Mm. And as believers that ought to be the the, the plan that we continue to follow. Right, so uh, why don't we just read on, uh, can we read verse uh, 21 uh, down to 24. Is that okay? It
0: says, The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken and after he drove the man out he placed on the east side of the garden of the of the garden of eden cherubim and a flaming sword
2: flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life now i want you to get the the tragedy of this moment mm. in verse 21 the lord god made garments of skin skin of what so,
0: an animal that he must have
2: killed mm. an mm. animal died that day mm. I'd like to suggest that this is the first moment in the history of eternity. Of death. When even God Mm. has seen death.
0: Mm. You know, think of that moment. That's that's significant.
2: Yeah. A a creature in whom God put part of his breath of life, its life has been snuffed out. Why? That day, that animal died in order to cover the consequences of Adam and Eve's sin. It 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 clothed them. Before, they were trying to cover up with their own... Um, uh, you know, sort of deeds of their the own fig, making. Uh, the, the, f- fig,
0: the fig leaves. Yeah,
2: and that <laughs> symbolizes what we do to try and cover up our own sin, yeah. you know, the lies that we tell and so forth. You know, it, it falls apart, you know, there's no, mm. nothing good there. But God can make a covering. Mm. And uh, and this animal died so that Adam and Eve could have a, cover- a covering.
0: And, of course, that concept goes right throughout the Bible then uh, towards, you know, we are... Uh, saved by the blood of Christ, you mm. know, that that concept of death and blood being um, representative of our salvation.
2: Well, it's what we like to call a type. In, yeah. You know, theologians like to call a type. The type is like a cartoon picture and the anti-type is the fulfillment. Yeah. And so this animal died in order to cover Adam and Eve. But uh, one day when John the Baptist was... Uh, Preaching he looked down the, the 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 bank of the river Jordan and he saw his cousin Jesus walking towards him, and he said, Look, it's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world mm. and uh and this lamb uh, that died in order to give us a covering of righteousness, yeah."
0: We're out of time. There's a there's an interesting point in here that it says that God had to banish them so that they couldn't eat from the tree of life and live forever. Well that I think was a loving act because God didn't want the sin to go on forever. Is can you right? can
2: you imagine an immortal Adolf Hitler?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
2: there's a requirement yeah. that if we're going to turn our backs on God that uh, that there's there's an end to our life, but the promise is one day that God's going to restore to us in the new heaven and the new earth, not just Pure communion with Him and with one another, but also access to the Tree of Life. Mm, absolutely. Mm. What
0: have you got for us next week, Daniel?
2: Ah, well, next week I think we we've, will. We've called it the fight. The fight. Yeah, we're going to. We, you alluded to it a little bit this time about yeah. this battle between good and evil, particularly about Satan. We're going to talk about where that came from. Why is there a Satan? You know, why would a perfect God create one? Uh, did He create Satan? All of that. We're going to to look at the uh, the evil side of, um, of, uh, of I guess uh, the biblical story. Yeah.
0: No worries well join us tomorrow, we're not doing a live program we've got a couple of recordings coming up The Narrow Door with David Leo tomorrow remember the code for today FACET4, this is my heart is filled with thankfulness Keith and Kristen Getty, have a great day God bless
3: you My heart Is filled with thankfulness To Him who bore my pain Who plumbed the depths of my disgrace And gave me life again Who crushed my curse of sinfulness And clothed me in his light And wrote His law of Righteousness With power upon My heart My heart is filled With thankfulness To Who floods my weaknesses with strength and pauses fears to fly?